Women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. Welcome. My name is Esme Lawrence, the host of this podcast, Sprinting to Success. My guest today is a CBD industry leader, natural products expert, motivational speaker, and best-selling author of This Is Me, Bipolar Free, Heal Your Mental Illness, and Create Your Authentic Life. My guest today is Kate Labras. Kate, welcome to Sprinting to Success podcast. I am so excited to, to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here as me. Oh, thank you so much. And so I want you to, um, to up to this point in your life, Tell me one or two successes that you are proud of to date. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that on a personal level, my biggest success is um, overcoming um, mental health disorders, specifically bipolar and panic attacks and depression, um, and having uh, being able to say that I'm medication and episode free for over 10 years oh. is, um, is definitely a massive uh, personal success for me. Um, and then professional would be, um, launching, um, officially launching my business this year and, um, and doing, doing what I love and being filled with, you know, passion for the work that I do. Awesome. Of course, we'll get into that later, Yeah. but I want you to take you back to your childhood. What are some of the struggles that you had, um, as a child? Yeah. Um, so my childhood was filled with quite a few struggles. I was, um, sexually abused by my stepdad um, between the ages of about three to six. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. sad. That's really sad. It's very sad. And then my younger brother, who's about three years younger than I am, he was also abused. Um, <clears throat> so we both were, and we both really repressed those memories until adulthood. Um, so there, there was that. And then um, I was also sexually abused by a step uncle when I was seven. Um, yeah. And then um, my biological dad is an alcoholic um, and suffers from um, other drug issues and mental health issues and was, um, you know, in and out of my life for most of my childhood and very, uh, very emotionally abusive and really kind of made it very clear to me that, um, you know, he didn't see a value in my place in this world. Wow. So... That is sad. So then, um, so you said you repressed a lot of those memories as a child. Mm -hmm. um, so what were some of the behaviors um, that um, you were exhibiting um, as a child? Um, as a child, I, uh, I dealt with night terrors. Um, that was really kind of the biggest thing. So I, you know, up until my 20s, I was really um, uh, very shy, very quiet, and really kind of afraid of everything. Um, and, and dealt with night terrors as a child so much so that I wasn't able to sleep in my own bedroom. 
Um, and at nighttime, I would have to sleep with lights on, TV on. I would have to sleep like all the way zipped up in a sleeping bag just to sort of feel safe. Um, and I couldn't do sleepovers at friends' houses. If I did that, I mean, like then physical symptoms would come up, like stomach stuff. I would make myself so upset that I would, you know, like have stomach issues. So that was really kind of the, the biggest thing as a child. Right. Now you talk about your dad, but what about your mom? Was she involved in your life? Yeah, my mom was involved. My mom, um, my mom was a great mom. And, and I don't think that she really had any idea about what was going on with us. She knew that both of her kids were exhibiting um, symptoms. My brother had his own set of symptoms that he exhibited as a child. Um, and she did her part to take us to doctors and therapists and try to kind of figure this out. But neither my brother or I were, were talking about it at that point. Um, and, and the doctors, I think especially, you know, I'm 40 years old. So this was, you know, I was, you know, going to therapists from the time I was like five, probably. So this was 35 years ago. I don't think that it was as open and common to really talk about abuse at that point. And it wasn't necessarily the first thing that doctors would go to. So right. she was, she wasn't really given a lot of, um, you know, support in that way. Right. Now, fast forward to um, being um, a teenager. What are some of those yeah. um, struggles? Yeah, the, my, my teenage years were, I, I became pretty, um, pretty reclusive. Um, that's kind of when like the, the fear of everything uh, started being exhibited. Um, I manifested a lot of illnesses and missed a lot of school. Um, and then, you know, as I got like a little bit older teenager, that's kind of when like the anger really started coming out and I didn't fully understand it. Um, but there was definitely anger. And then there were also things with my stepdad that I didn't understand that I didn't really fully get why I was, you know, experiencing these things. But I remember, um, my bedroom, we had a split level house and my bedroom was on the lower level and that's where the TV room was also. And so he would at nighttime always be out there watching TV. And I remember I would be standing at the doorway of my bedroom, like listening. If I had to go out and go to the bathroom, like listening, is he out there? What is he doing? I would kind of like even jiggle like the handle of the knob. So he knew I was coming out. And on a conscious level, that didn't make any sense to me, but it was just sort of constantly living in a state of fear. Right. You know, that is really sad to, um, to, to be that young and to be afraid mm -hmm. of, the, of the person in your own home mm -hmm. that, you know, listening at the door, you know, we see out there like that's, that is sad. And I'm sorry that happened yeah. to you. Thank you. you know, Thank so you. Um, when you were exhibiting you know, um, the anger, like um, what were you angry at? Did you know at that time? Yeah, I didn't really know at that time. It was, um, it was, I was sort of like the, the ultimate example of the moody teenager and no one really knew how to deal with me. And so it would kind of go from like massive anger to just being very emotional and crying and upset and locking myself in my room for days on end. Um, and it didn't really make uh, a lot of sense to anyone, but that kind of is where the story of, uh, in my family where the story of like crazy Kate sort of started is, you know, this persona that like, that's just Kate, Kate's sort of crazy, Kate's sort of unbalanced, Kate's sort of dramatic. Um, so it didn't have a conscious, I didn't really know why, and neither did my family, but it did start this whole sort of weaving of, of my story in my family unit. And how was your self-worth at that time? Horrible, horrible. I, um, I, I had very little sense of self-worth. Um, 
And, you know, in fact, really, when I think back on it, the only place where I felt like I had some self-worth was in, um, in really being sort of a, a rock for my mom. So my mom has um, a history of depression as well. And she didn't have a lot of friends when I was growing up. And, and like the older I got between like 14 to 18, I really sort of became her rock. And she would come to me when she needed to talk about her marriage or issues with my brother or, you know, anything else that was going on. And I think that's kind of where I developed, you know, any sense of self-worth or value whatsoever. Wow. You know, I am really happy that you had your mom there. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't totally crazy. No. You know, your stepdad, you know, that's a different story, but your mom, having your mom, your blood there to support you and you support her. That is awesome. Now, yeah. Um, as an adult, what were some of the struggles? And of course, there'll be lots of struggles because you're bringing, yeah. you know, childhood and teenager problems yeah. with you into, into adulthood. So what were some of those issues? Yeah, I mean, the issues really started sort of in my early 20s. That's when things uh, kind of went off the rails for me. I um, had started a business with my mom. We opened a dog daycare facility, doing daycare and boarding and grooming. Um, and I think that the stress of owning a business with my mom and some personal things that she was going through and some personal things that I was going through and then worrying about money and, you know, having to work together, I think that sort of opened the floodgates for me. Um, and like losing that like rock connection with my mom as right. we kind of went through the struggle of managing this business together, that opened up like the depression and the panic attacks and then the full blown bipolar episodes that started. Um, this is when I had uh, multiple suicide attempts over the course of three years. Um, I attempted suicide three times and then put myself in the hospital once for fear of committing suicide um, or attempting suicide again. Um, and so it was, uh, it was um, several years after we started the dog daycare um, and after my last suicide attempt where I finally said, that's it. Like, I can't go back to the daycare and I need to go figure out how I'm going to I'm going to live my life and how I can find a life worth living. Right. And how did you do that? Yeah. Um, so at that point I had already been in therapy and on medications and kind of doing the real traditional, you know, Western medical system of mental health care. Um, and, and it obviously wasn't working that well for me having, you know, these multiple suicide attempts and still really spiraling in this way. Um, and so I started just doing a ton of research into like how to treat mental health, how to treat mental health disorders, and found all this research on the gut-brain connection and good fats and digestive stuff. And I remember bringing in one day to my psychologist, I remember bringing in the stack of papers to him and, you know, all, all this research that I had done. And I kind of handed these over to him and I said, you know, what about some of this? Do you think we could add in some of these things? Do you think they would help? And he took those papers and he slid them back across the desk towards me. And he said, I can't help you with that. I don't know anything about that. But if you want to talk about, you know, changing your meds or upping your dosages again, we can do that. And it was sort of at that point where I said, okay, you know, this is a nice enough man. I know that he's trying, but he's not really a partner in my healthcare right. in truly making me healthy. He's really only willing or able to partner with me. I'm just managing this illness. And so that was when I took um, my healthcare really into my own hands. Um, and I found a company called True Hope. They're a Canadian company that creates supplements specifically for people with mood disorders um, and bipolar in particular. 
Um, and I started on that supplement and after the course of nine months, um, at like upping my dosage of this supplement called empower plus, and then decreasing my medication very gradually, very safely, um, and under the sort of supervision of this company, um, nine months I was medication free and I haven't been back on medication since. And how long, um, has that been? How many um, years? 11 years now that I've been wow. medication free. Yeah. 11 years. Oh, that's something to, um, yeah. be proud about 11 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so yeah. now, now what is your passion? What is it that you are passionate about? Yeah. So my passion is, I mean, really for me, the big vision, what sort of guides me is this dream of being able to fundamentally and systematically change the way our societies and our medical institutions think about mental illness and to really motivate and educate and inspire people to take their own power back, take their healthcare into their own hands and find a healthcare plan that really works for them and, and find that way to live a life that lights them up. And, and for me, the part of the way that, that I'm going about this, um, because this, this is what brought me to it, is really balancing the body. So that's where I start with. Um, and, and you know those supplements that I took and starting to change my diet and eating natural and organic foods, like that's sort of what set the foundation for me to take healing to a much deeper level was kind of getting the physical system right. And so I, um, for the last decade, have worked in the natural foods industry, working with hundreds of brands who are doing amazing things to help heal people and the planet. And so, so that is a part of my mission is helping these brands really come to market and to change our food system um, and the medical system and what we have access to and what we really believe to be true healthcare. Now, how is, um, how is it going trying to change the, the medical system as mm. it is the Western system? How is that going? Yeah, it's, um, it's, we're, <laughs> we got a long ways to go, <laughs> Ethne. <laughs> um, uh, you know, but the good thing is, is that I, um, I wrote a book last year um, that came out on Amazon last year and then was published um, officially this year in bookstores. And the reviews that I have gotten from people within the medical community, I just got another one the other day from a board certified psychologist talking about like how impactful this is and how she's going to have this book in her toolkit for her clients, um, how her own husband is diagnosed with bipolar disorder and what a personal journey this is for her and her family right. um, and how the tools in my book really open up you know, so many possibilities for them. So it's, it's reviews like that, that really give me hope, especially from people, you know, within the system. Um, but again, I think for me, knowing that it's not so easy to change a system like that. And I almost yes. feel like I need to really build up my, my network and my impact so that I can have, um, have sort of a, a greater foundation to kind of take to the medical system, that's kind of where I'm at. So really the, the business that I'm building right now is working with these um, natural products companies and, um, and in the consulting space to bring more of these products to market and to bring more awareness um, in the consumer space to these products and to the different healing modalities that are out there. Right. So kind of through that, using that then as a platform to get more awareness in this medical system. Right. So if somebody comes to you as a consultant yep. um, and they have bipolar, what are some of the steps that, what would you tell them? 
Yeah. So um, kind of like I said, the first step for me is always to look at the physical first. I think that's the easiest lever to pull when you're beginning sort of a, a treatment plan or a healthcare plan. So I always look at the diet and I recommend an elimination diet to start with. So cutting out all sugar, dairy, gluten, alcohol, um, and, uh, and doing that for at least 30 days, 60 is even better. Um, and then looking at supplementation, whether it's, you know, a supplement from um, the company I talked about, True Hope, or if it's other supplements, but getting that the good fats into your body, getting the gut brain connection with uh, better with probiotics and other um, gut supporting supplements. So kind of that's where I start. And then to take the sort of a, a mental and emotional healing to a different level. I worked with a somatic psychologist for a long time and I recommend that it's really the psychology of the body. That's what somatic means is the body. Um, so looking at the psychology of the body, knowing that our bodies hold on to these stories and traumas and, and our whole history. So even if we don't have a conscious awareness of it, the body always remembers. And it's holding on to that until we give it the tools to really heal it and transform it. So that's kind of where I start with people. And then that allows us to open up to like a whole other space of you know, once you kind of have the foundation now, like what kind of things do you want to bring into your life? Because it's not just about how do we sort of eliminate the bad, it's how do we really bring in the good? Right. So then you start with detox, get rid of the sugar and the things that's not really good for, for them. And then you bring in other things, right? So I'm exactly. going to go back to you for a second. Yeah. Now, um, when did you realize that you were healed? At what point? Yeah, I would say that I didn't fully acknowledge it until probably about a couple of years after I was off um, medications um, was sort of the first time. I mean, definitely when I you know initially came off medications, that felt like a really big milestone to me, but I didn't trust it yet. It didn't feel like, am I, am I going to go back? Am I going to relapse? So it wasn't until a couple of years after that, that I really feel like, huh, like, you know, maybe this is like a real thing. And maybe like that really doesn't have to be my story anymore. And I would say, especially over the last um, probably four to five years, it's become my identity. There is no right. question for me anymore. Right. So I was watching you on YouTube and you said you shouldn't be here with your history. You shouldn't be here. So is that, um, is there anything else that you can add um, why you're still standing? And I'm glad you're still standing. <laughs> Thank you. I am too. Yeah. Um, there, for, for as long as I can remember, there was a belief in me that there's something more, no matter what sort of, you know, religious or spiritual practices or beliefs you subscribe to, um, having for me a foundation that there's something more and that there has to be support for this. And, um, and even, even if I didn't know what it was, just sort of that belief that there has to be something. And, and I think that that is a really a great way for people to go about it because when you sort of close down the possibility of healing by saying, this is just the way it is, you know, my brain is broken. I have a chemical defect. I have a genetic defect. There's really nothing I can do about it except manage it. That sort of closes down all the possibilities for anything else to happen in your life. So it was just sort of that belief and that awareness of, I wonder what else there is. I don't know what it is, but I wonder what it is because it's got to be something. Right. So you went on a journey of discovery. Yes. And, um, and you just, was it an accident where you found um, all this natural products? What was the first step? What, 
uh, made you say to the doctor, oh, look, you know, let's uh, tell me more about this. Do you, do you know anything about these natural products? What was it that um, what triggered that? The, the really what triggered that was, was my last suicide attempt. And it was um, the, the only reason I'm alive today is because my friends and family were able to find uh, work like with the police department to get like the ping from where my cell phone came from. And then they started scouring places in that area and found me that night. Wow. There's, like that's the only reason that I'm here. And it's because I called my ex-boyfriend at the, my boyfriend at the time, ex now, and, and said goodbye to him. It was because of that phone call that they were able to find me. Um, and so that was the night that everything really shifted. So for me, it was literally a life or death decision that I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to start doing research. And luckily the boyfriend at the time, Josh was, I mean, honestly, he, for me, is a, he's an angel and he really helped me like. I don't know what it is either, but I'm going to help you look for this. I'm going to help you like do research and look into this. And he did. Wow. Thank God for Josh. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, you definitely yeah. would not be here. If no. It for you, uh, from supportive people in your life. Exactly. Think, you know, so then, so then um, almost like um, you have to go to build a grassroots movement. Yes. With, um, the, so then how would you do that? Yeah. So, so that's part of what I'm starting to build as me is, um, positioning through this consulting work and speaking work and my book is just building up this foundation and, and positioning myself as an influencer and an advocate in this holistic healthcare space, building up my social network, you know, building up my email list, putting out a lot of content around health and healing and the options that are out there. Um, next year, I'll be launching a program for people, um, an online program to work with me as part of a group um, so that they can kind of take some of these holistic practices that I talk about into their own treatment plan. Um, and then um, and then really, you know, the long term vision is to open up a healing clinic at some point. So just to kind of keep like layering in this piece, then this piece, then this piece until it really becomes big enough that the medical institution has to pay attention to it. Right. And so uh, what about um, pain medications? Are there natural products to from um, to decrease pain? Um, like you're, are you talking like physical pain? Um, physical pain uh, and uh, or natural products. Yeah, that you can that they can. Um, yeah, clients can take to decrease sure. whatever pain they're they're having. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely recommend True Hope, the company True Hope, um, for people to look at the supplements that they have. And Power Plus was the one that I took. Um, and then I also recommend, um, like I said, probiotics are really great just to get that gut back into order. And Garden of Life is a company that makes. Um, a probiotic that is specifically formulated for mood um, and it has specific um, strains of bacteria that really help feed the neurological connections in the body. So that's a really good place to start. Other things that can help heal the gut are um, uh, digestive bitters and enzymes. So those are two other additional products that people can take. Um, and then um, a, a real common symptom um, for people with mood disorders is leaky gut. Um, so leaky gut is where there are like holes within the lining of the gut and then toxins get out of the digestive tract and actually get into your bloodstream. And there's research that shows that that can be a trigger for mood disorders. So healing the lining of the gut with things like collagen um, and bone broth are really um, great nourishing things for the body. Um, and then uh, a supplement that has really become big in the last couple of years, the last year in particular is CBD. So CBD comes from the cannabis sativa plant, from the hemp plant, 
Um, and it's the non-psychoactive form of cannabis. So it's not like marijuana or THC, but it does have healing properties and it works with um, mood stuff. And there's a lot of research going on right now on CBD and its relation to bipolar disorder, depression, panic attacks, post-traumatic stress. Um, so those would be some things that I would recommend people start with. Right. So now if people um, who want to actually, who are interested in getting some of these products, where do they go? Where do they go online? Do they go to a natural food store? Where do they go to buy this? Yeah. So a lot of stuff you can buy online. I would be a little cautious about buying CBD online if it's not from a reputable company. And there's a few reputable companies that I really like. Um, Charlotte's Web, Rebotanicals, Manitoba Harvest are just a few of the big ones out there. There's a lot of others as well. But in the CBD world, because this industry is exploding so rapidly right now, there's also a lot of companies that are that you just you wouldn't want to try. So right. so if you're going to do CBD, my recommendation would actually be to go into a natural product store. Um, so you know a local independent store or, or a co-op would be a great place to start. And those stores are always staffed with people that really understand the products um, and would be willing to talk to you about you know what they have on their shelves. Right. Awesome. So um so, so I want you to go back to with all the knowledge you have now, all the yeah. knowledge that you know the experience that yeah. you, you had over the years. I want you to go back and talk to your seven year old self. What would mm -hmm. you tell her so she can believe in herself? Yeah. What I would tell her, you're gonna make me cry as me. Oh. What I would tell her uh, is that she is so loved and she is so needed and that her life is going to have a massive impact on the world. And so don't give up because she's not done yet. And that everything that she's been through and everything that she will go through will serve such a big purpose in her life. And that the day will come when she will feel gratitude for it all. Mm. Gratitude for all the pain that she's gone or through. All of it. All of, all it, of it, you know, and yep. share your story. Yeah. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> okay, so, so Kate, what would you like to share with our audience today? You know, what I want people to know more than anything is that true healing is truly possible. And it starts by really taking your power back, questioning the status quo, being open to making some changes in your life, and to, to really, um, uh, you know, looking into what your own individual why is. That's something that I feel is so important that if people can get to their own root causes of why these symptoms of mental illness are in their life, that's where the gold is. Like that's where they can really find that, that true healing. Right. So tell us more about your book. Um, my book, you can see a little image of it back there. It's I called it. uh, This Is Me Bipolar Free, Heal Your Mental Illness and Create Your Authentic Life. Um, and so it's really, you know, my story of healing wrapped around seven steps that I put together to, to kind of walk you through your own healing journey. It's available on Amazon um, in audible format um, or in paperback. You can order it um, on Kindle and it's in um, bookstores and, and online at target.com, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. And then if people, if they want to go to my website, Esme, um, they, Esme, they can actually get it um, for free. Download the book for free right on my website. For free? Oh my heaven. What's, what's the name of your website? It's just katelabrasse.com. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, Kate, thank you so much um, for um, spending the time with us today on Sprinting to Success podcast. To learn more about Kate, go to esmelawrence.com. Thank you so much and have a great day.
My name is Kate LaBrasse, and I am working to change how our societies and our medical institutions think about and treat mental illness. And I am sprinting to success with Esme Lawrence. Woohoo! Yay! Thank <laughs> you so Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.